Oh, Leute, he coming. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. Suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today, coming all the way from his car, is the one and only Leland. What's happening, my guy? Uh, not, not much. I'm uh, hiding out in my car from uh, from home renovations and. You know, the smoky north that we've been going on where we're getting all that smoke from the wildfires again so oh man yeah the the it's not the great white north i guess right now it's the great smoky north i hope you're being safe and that everyone that you know is being safe and all of that stuff and to anyone that's up there and dealing with all of that just you know stay safe all that stuff i i think for me safety is kind of like left the building you're you're talking to someone whose lungs look like joseph's technicolor dream coat right now because i just i don't wear a mask or respirator when i when i spray paint or airbrush or anything so yeah i mean i'm i gave that up a long time ago <laughs> yeah it's funny because uh yeah i don't do that either i don't uh, wear a a respirator or anything i know uh our friend matt one absolute he he wears one and he's always been like yeah you should definitely wear one and i know that anytime i get done with the airbrush there's definitely a Technicolor dream coat coming out of my nose when I blow my nose afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, have a, I have a buddy who works in uh, stage production, and uh, he knows I don't use a respirator or mask. And anytime the topic of airbrushing comes up, he just he's giving me the the death glare the entire time. Yeah, of course. But I mean, I look at it like it's it's, it's water based. You know, it's it's cool, and I want the autopsy people when they have to cut me open one day to have something cool to look at. Exactly, exactly. They they live a very mundane job. Like, you know, give them something interesting. Be exactly. one of their stories. <laughs> That's right. Oh man, you'll never guess what this guy had inside of him. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, well, live, live a life that would make a nun blush. Oh, there you go. There you go. I love it. So Leland, unfortunately, we do not yet have any Marvel Crisis Protocol news. And it's something that we've been biding our time for, waiting for, for a while now. And I, I get it, right? I, I get that Shatterpoint just came out, and they're hyping that up, and they're, they're doing all the Shatterpoint stuff. But come on, AMG. Come on. Yeah, it's, we, we, we need something. We need something. We, e even if it's just to, to show people who are making the joke about you know MCP being dead, you know, there, there's a couple of your Discord members I'm looking at with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that, that, that there is still life in the old girl, right? That's it. That's it, you know. And uh, here here we are making this content. It's like, we're giving her all she's got, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there's just like rolls of spent duct tape behind us. and <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, uh, but no, I, I think MCP is far from dead. But it's funny that, yes, like obviously... The, the meme, if you will, is MCP is clearly dead because AMG hates it now. It's very not true. But, you know, Sh Sh Shatterpoint did something amazing. It didn't just kill Legion. It killed MCP as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh man, Legion. Like, oh my goodness. Like, if you're a Legion player right now, I. Oof. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, so Leland, with the fact that we don't have a ton of news to cover or anything like that, today's show is going to be yet another one of those kind of meandering, goofy shows where we just chit chat, talk about different things going on. And uh, yeah, just just kind of have a little conversation here because we don't have anything too exciting within the realm of Marvel Crisis Protocol to discuss, unfortunately. Oh, I'm, I'm game for that. Yeah, and look, I know that there's been multiple bits of content from other creators out there that have done similar things, and, you know, it just be like that sometimes. But I want to start with a couple of show questions that we got recently. The first one coming from our very own The In Hipster, Brian Freddy, says there's been a bit of buzz around people thinking there's going to be an update to the banned and restricted list very soon. Besides maybe deception, what cards do we think might get hit with the nerf bat? If any at all. And we'll start with that. He's got two other little things here. And and we'll start with that one though. What what do you think we might see get added or removed from the banned and restricted list, Leland? I, I think like many people, uh, I suspect Follow Me might be on the hit list. Um, it is, uh, it's very potent in this big battleship meta that we have kicking around. Uh, being able to go back to back with really huge beaters definitely gives gives them a lot of power. Whether or not it should be, I don't necessarily know where I stand on that one. Uh, but I can definitely see why it might be getting eyeballed. So you think that's a candidate for banned list? Uh, I, I don't even know if banned is the right word, like maybe rotated out. Um, but I, I think it's definitely something that that's being looked at. Uh, cause I do think it, uh, it unfortunately can create some negative play experiences. And that seems to be one of the bigger driving factors for how they sort of cycle cards in and out, put them under restricted. Um, it seems more they're, they're trying to reduce the amount of times that the person on the other side of the table just kind of gets really dejected by yeah. something that just happened, right? Yeah. I mean, shoot, you want to you want to keep people from getting dejected. <laughs> I mean, uh, we can talk about that a little later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I I got many opinions on that one. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, for me, I think Follow Me'd be a good candidate for being banned specifically because of what you described in that it's just really potent to activate someone that has access to a lot of power and that can set up a battle cruiser or conversely using a battle cruiser to then go into a red skull master of hydra as an example or following into to something else i mean it's one of those things where it's not always terrible but i know specifically uh my friend andrew he has built his list around being able to use follow me and hoping that he will KO your entire team by round four. Like he's got an, an opening that he does that is just, it's, it's potent. It's good. It's strong. It is all murder all the time. The points don't matter. And, and it's a strong opening and a key cog in that opening is follow me. And for me, 
I always felt like it was an embarrassment of riches. But at the same time, if you really need to kill something and you want to maintain priorities so you can make sure that thing's off the board, there's few better ways to accomplish it. Yeah. Now, I think the other side of the the argument, though, was that follow me is also a tool that some of the wider lists can use to kind of battle the uh, this yeah. this larger this larger meta that we're going into. Uh, being able to like go back to back with a couple of little three threats might be that extra little bit of oomph you need to daze that or like to daze a Malkith or to take a Hulk off a table or something like that. So I, I think it's I think there's a discussion to be had about follow me, but I don't think it's as clear cut as some people might think it is. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you have to, as a developer, balance that line of that, like what we talked about with the the big beefy battle cruisers doing their thing versus the wider teams. And the wider teams, I think, would benefit a little more from not having it around because then, okay, cool, you're not losing two maybe three characters to an activation to essentially without getting a chance to respond whereas now it's like okay cool you have that chance to respond and there's nothing your opponent can do about it the 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 negative to it is it's a way to control priority potentially and like if your opponent doesn't have it and you do you know that when you really need it you're going to be able to steal that priority back yeah, no, just all all definitely part of the wider conversation on that one. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Now, I mean, I, I personally have a different take on what should be rest- what should be restricted to kind of bring a powerful card like uh, uh, like follow me in line. Uh, but I'll save that for a little bit after this, because it's uh, it's definitely one that has gotten some some hackles raised oh. uh, on the discord at the very least. Yeah. So, well. Brian Freddie mentioned deception. I think at the very least, deception needs to needs to change, whether that's via uh, restriction or via some power cost. My, my personal preference would be power cost because I think that it's you don't want to make it to where you lose the character that plays that card as well, which I, I feel like we've had this conversation before, <laughs> like very not that long ago, so I don't want to rehash it. But I feel like it's possible that if you restrict deception, then Mystique's playability goes down significantly. And I don't know if that's a more of a problem with Mystique's design or a problem with deception. And and, and so that's a whole whole thing. But, you know, so I don't know. What do you think about that real quick? I, I agree with you completely that uh, I think if, if you restrict deception too much, it does effectively kind of put Mystique on the shelf. Uh, I think a power cost is absolutely perfectly fine for it. I might even suggest one step further and also make it affiliation locked, kind of like what they did yeah. with Doom Prophecy. Yeah, absolutely. So, Because, I mean, all of a sudden, once it's affiliation locked, it means you can't run and, like, say, you know, Malkith Cabal with a splash of uh, Mystique for deception, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And and I think that's that, to me, affiliation locking it would be the best option. But... Either way, I think one card that should come off the restricted list is Disarm. And Yeah, what's up with that? I think it was put on here because at the time when this card was added to the restricted list, Thor was kind of like the big beater around at the time. Like He, he was kind of the guy that you used this on to really neuter his activation. It wasn't just Thor. 
right? It You could use it on many other characters. But now that we have so many big models, so many big hitters, having Disarm be available, I think, could be really great. Now, the counter to that would be, well, if you're bringing a big hitter, being able to disarm the opponent's most dangerous model, whether they're a big hitter or not, like, if you disarm a Beta Ray Bill for a turn, that's pretty pretty bad. But at the same time, Beta Ray Bill can still do other stuff. You disarm a Miles or a Gwen, well, they can still do other stuff. And it's it's one of those things where I can see the argument for it staying on the restricted list, but at the same time, I really would like to see this card come off, and I'm sure the play would go up with it, but I'd like to see it come off and, and get some use some more. I actually agree completely. Uh, Disarm is one of those cards that I feel that when compared to the other restricted cards, it doesn't quite have the same value as, say, a Follow Me or a Patch Up or a Brace or Indomitable or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it It's always felt a little weird uh, to me that it was one of the ones that hit that, hit that restricted list. Um, I I think it's time for it to, to come off, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm glad we're on the same page there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually, in in another weird little thing, because this is actually a conversation that came up locally, and I, I actually posted on the uh, the Discord as well. Um, I've been involved in a couple of discussions regarding the healing cards, like patch up, med kit, all that sort, or yeah, med pack and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, lately I've been coming to the thought that I would much rather see a switch in med pack and patch up. I would almost prefer to see patch up hit the like rotate it down and yeah. med pack be, become the restricted one. Um, and I, I know this is going to be a divisive opinion on this. Uh, that much was, was evidenced by people responding to me, but I feel like patch up is just because it doesn't have to be the active character playing it. It gives you a lot of flexibility. And I think in my opinion, it can lead to some negative play experiences, uh, especially in a game where the dice can be as swingy as it is in this game. Uh, whereas with med pack, you know how much health to expect back for it. You know it's never going to be played by a non-active character. Um, so even though it has a better range than patch up, you know it, it's it's less less health, less power. But you know they have the restriction of, you know you can't go all in with with a Hulk that just gained like say eight power from being attacked, and then have somebody else spend the power to to heal him up, right? Yeah, yeah. It's that's an interesting take because. The difference between patch up and med pack in terms of one being restricted and one is not even on the restricted list because it's been rotated out. I certainly wouldn't mind seeing med pack come back and replace patch up on the restricted list. Like rotate patch up out, bring med pack back. The interesting thing about your take on it, I find, is that patch up has the restriction of you have to be within two and it can't be. The active character or or it has to be the active character that plays it or that no it's a weird one it has to be your active turn to do it like you have to have an active character but then whoever pays for it has to be healing somebody else so they can't pay for it and heal themselves that's exact. yeah that's i was getting tongue-tied trying to say that exact thing but med pack you can either use it on you or use it on your friend and i right. think that the way the game is structured right now, the the reason to, say, trade those two out, I think, is because you have these big boys and their big toys 
and they have patch up, and I can't tell you how many times I've left a Malekith low or a Hulk low or or somebody, mm -hmm. insert model with a good health pool. I've left them fairly low within striking distance, and then all of a sudden, five damage is healed off of them, and it's like all that work you did for nothing. And then if you're playing Malekith, then you get Midnight Phantasmagoria, and it's like, okay, well... You know, I just spent an entire round's worth of activation doing all this damage, and now it's nothing. Right. And, I mean, I know it's not going to happen in every single instance, but those are the those are the moments that are going to stick with you on oh, that yeah. one, oh, uh, yeah. which can potentially lead to those, those poor experiences for people on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think MedPack is just more flexible, honestly. Like, I, I liked MedPack a lot. I ran it all the time back when it was still around, because, yeah, you're only going to heal three, but it's more efficient, so instead of one-for-one one healing like patch-up is, it's, you know, one power to heal one or five power to heal five, uh, anywhere within that. Medpack is two power to heal three, period. So if you use it when you've only taken two damage, you're losing out on some of that efficiency. But I like that a character <laughs> could use it on their own activation. And... yeah. And just just to go off that, like just to add to sort of like how it might be a little bit more more balanced is the fact that you can no longer have all that power and decide, well, I'm going to drop 10 power into just doing a whole bunch of attacks and superpowers with this character because I know at the end of it all, I'm going to have a friendly mook within range two that will spend the five power to heal me up, mm -hmm. right? So it it slows down some of the the big the big beefy cruisers by potentially saying, okay, well, I need to keep two power aside to make sure I can actually heal. Yeah, yeah. I I certainly wouldn't be upset with seeing that at all because, like I said, I, I liked MedPack a lot. I haven't run Patch Up since it became restricted unless I'm running Immortal Hulk. That's the only time that I have Patch Up in my list. And the reason why that's in my list is because once he gets dazed as long as you did it right and you've got your 10 power then you can instantly activate him and gain five health right back and and boom there you go he's he's back to no immortality token and good luck getting through all that health again <laughs> right and i i think it's also fair to say that the existence of a med pack like hard in a, in a meta with patch and all this sort of stuff it hasn't been game breaking i mean look at the fact that uh, shield i can't I, what is it battlefield medicine i believe it is yeah um shield has battlefield medicine that not just does health but uh unless i'm mistaken it also uh it also does a condition for you as well right it is basically med pack with uh with that that condition uh coming off as well and same cost and everything like that it's affiliation locked but it hasn't it's not like it's it's not like that's the card that broke shield it's, it's, right yeah. so yeah, yeah and and to be fair it's a card i rarely see played with shield at least in oh, my I, experience i personally love it but yeah i mean I, I just it's one that i don't see often at least locally when people are playing shield i don't see battlefield medicine on the table very often but yeah i mean you're you're exactly right in that you know, as long as you're using a shield character, then you can heal your friend uh, within range three, or you can heal yourself three and a condition. So yeah, no, it's uh, it doesn't break shield, that's for sure. So yeah, yeah, I I like that take, and it's one that I don't think it changes the meta, so to speak, 
any any which away to make that switch. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So I uh, also want to say, Suits, uh, Leland is in his car because they're getting work done on his house. So if you hear some little staticky in the background, that's probably where that comes from. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to do my best to, to kind of keep it to the minimum. No, you're doing great. You're doing great. It's it's no big deal. It's I just wanted to to say that real quick. Um, but Leland, do you think there's any other cards that need to be restricted or maybe banned? Restricted or banned, hey? Like... Ah, that that one's that one's a really tricky one because I feel like a lot of cards, unfortunately, are they're great in certain circumstances. Uh, I I know. Okay, so another part of the conversation that's been popping up locally, anyway, uh, is some people have discussed the idea that uh, Eye in the Sky uh, should be restricted, and by virtue of that, uh, Escort to Safety. So yeah, uh, it's funny because I was going to mention Escort to Safety. And I, I'm going to be honest. And okay, I'm a shield player. I'm putting that out there. Um, so this does probably bias me a little bit, but I don't think escort to safety needs to be restricted or banned. Yes, it's a strong card, but you know, if you're paying attention to the cards on the table, you can play around it. Uh, because first off, it's only a short move, so you can sort of play around it to try and keep those move, trying to keep the uh, the attack still within range in some cases. Or at the very least, you know, you fish down a tactics card, they've spent three power, and you just get an action refunded. So maybe your attacks aren't as efficient on this particular activation. But I don't really, I, I look at the I look at the cost of, and the effect of escort to safety, and I don't see it being restricted worthy, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I um. I was going to mention it because it's one that I could see based on the argument of popularity, right? Like the, the effect is good. It is a relatively popular card and it's one that if you, let's say, let's say they banned patch up, right? Like, I don't know if that's going to happen. Let's just say that, that that's something that's going to happen. Then escort to safety, I think gets to be that much more valuable and played that much more often because then you're saving a character some damage versus healing that off of them but it's one that i could see them doing it based on past like this card's popular arguments however i agree with you in that i don't think escort to safety is so out of out of whack or so so beyond the curve that it needs to be restricted however Eye in the sky. Is this, now this is going to be the hottest take. I think eye in the sky should maybe be restricted. Maybe I don't know if it's necessarily needs to be restricted, but when you're playing within shield, it is the single most important thing you do. I think. I definitely see the argument for Eye in the Sky being restricted. Um, and I think a lot of it mostly comes down to the fact that it is a card that recycles. Um, yeah. I think by restricting it, though, I think you do set a dangerous precedent uh, towards cards like Magnetic Refraction or the uh, Iron Books. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, at that point, like, what what is the reason for it being restricted? Is it because it recycles or is it because of the power of the card? Well, if we look at the power of the card, Eye in the Sky is just Escort to Safety. 
but it we but it, it with more restrictions because it has to be Fury playing the card right. uh, for three power. And I mean, Fury is you you have to play right to kind of get Fury that power. Uh, and I mean, it is it it is also it's not affiliation locked, but let's be honest, it's a basically affiliation locked. Right. Like if you're not playing Shield, you're you're going to take Escort to safety instead of Eye in the Sky. Um. So then it becomes well. Then is it being restricted because it does recycle? Well, then you have to look at the power level of the other cards that recycle. And you know, if you decide to restrict them, you now have to make the arguments like, okay, well, are they being restricted because they're powerful or because they recycle as well? Right. So it it creates it creates kind of a domino effect for cards. And I I think I I'm always a big big fan of equal application of rules and rules mechanics. Yeah, and I feel like this is an instance where if you ban one or not, if you restrict one recycling card, I think from a standpoint of of that equal application, you have to seriously look at and possibly even consider restricting those other ones as well. And frankly, I don't think either magnetic refraction or the iron books deserve to be restricted. So I mean, I certainly agree with you, especially on iron books. But I have I I see what you're saying there. I do think that Eye in the Sky is different than especially Ironbound books, but a little bit more... It's, it's more similar to Magnetic Refraction than Iron books, and I'll tell you why. So I think Magnetic Refraction, if you're playing into Magneto, I mean, like, this card is so good. It's, it's very good. If, if you're not playing Magnetic Refraction, you're playing Brotherhood, I mean, I, I don't see 10 better cards than this when I'm playing... Magneto Brotherhood, personally. And it's one where I think if you want to bring it in line and you want to change something with Eye in the Sky, like I think more so than restricting, right? We, we've seen that sometimes they'll reword certain things or they'll put stuff on the ban and restricted list or they might throw something on the restricted list until they can change it later, right? So I think both Eye in the Sky, or I think Eye in the Sky needs a change of having a range restriction for fury would be like great but i mean i guess it kind of defeats the purpose of eye in the sky but at the same time give it a range restriction and it's probably at least a little better in terms of it, it's it can be a very npe to play against at times just because you have to worry about it every single round potentially magnetic refraction yeah, and you know Go ahead. And and you know I'm not, I'm not opposed to your idea of giving it a range restriction, especially with the the current uh, popular way to play shield, where you you know you're you're really trying to work as a team and all that sort of stuff. You're usually not that far out of range anyway, with them. So it does create a little bit of a restriction, but it's one that a lot of shield play at the moment can work around. Well, yeah, absolutely, and and that's my thing is like make it something that you have to work around on both sides of the table, right? Like I think that's fair. As for magnetic refraction, I don't, I, I, it's not something that you, I just said it, it's a great card and you need to play it a lot, all that stuff, but it's also not something that you really have to hard worry about per se all the time. But I think this is another one where make it that you have to play it on Magneto's activation. And, and then, yep. then it kind of, that changes the whole narrative around this card. Um, so. Yeah, and and you see, I like this discussion a lot more than saying it becomes restricted. I would rather us look at uh, look at a mechanic and say, it's almost there. How do we get it there? 
right? And yes, I feel like restricting – and like I, that's actually what I really like about Doomed Prophecy. I think that's actually the poster child for – for this sort of discussion right now, Doom Child or Doom Child, Doom Prophecy was an obscenely powerful card, especially when paired with All You've Got. So I can't remember if it actually hit the band list. I know it got, they did something to it, um, but eventually they made one slight change, and that change was just okay. It is Asgard affiliated now, mm-hmm. and that one change has made Doomed Prophecy a great card for Asgard, and it's not it's not a boogeyman card anymore yeah and as a result they they were able to remove it from from being either banned or restricted whichever one it was some somebody will will be smarter than me and know which one it is but yeah i think it was restricted but either way you're exactly right like i I, there's a utility to the banned and restricted list but just to to take tools away is not necessarily always the answer and i think to our discussion here, things like magnetic refraction and eye in the sky, just the tiniest bit of tooling, and those things are much less of a negative experience for the people that are playing against them. And mm-hmm. as it relates to Ironbound books, I don't think that's in this conversation. One, because it's obviously a, a card that I particularly love. But two, <laughs> the cost to refresh it is that you have to KO an allied character. So like right. that's not not even close to the same thing. And, and I agree. And that's that's why I was saying, like, I don't think Ironbound Books deserves to even be in the conversation because the power level isn't there right. for it. Right. Like, oh, man, I, if it could just refresh. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, he coming. Like, like make it cost four power and let it refresh every turn. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'll I will pay that cost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm here for it uh so so let's see any other cards that stick out to you oh yeah i have a couple other ones uh, you have a couple more i got at least one more that i know people are going to be like that one can you guess uh, what it is? you know let, let, let's hear it because i'm, I'm kind of scrolling through to see see what i think of this one as well so okay so it's one that i personally don't want restricted but i think it's Definitely one that is eyebrow raising, keep an eye on it kind of stuff. And that's eyes on the prize. So this card has been around since War Machine and Captain America came out. That's it's a long time. And Captain America is Sam Wilson. And it's a it's a great card. I used it a lot in my convocation. Strange able to get two hammers turn one or able to get at least a midline hammer turn one. Uh, strange supreme that is the best strange the superior strange doing that stuff it's it's a really great card and then along came beta ray bill who on his medium move medium size base with his two power to start for four threat makes the efficiency of eyes on the prize pretty darn good I can I can definitely see the argument there. Um, I I don't know. Like okay, so I'll I'll be I'll be upfront on this one. I in my area that I've played in, I have not run into eyes on the prize very often. Um, it doesn't seem to be very very meta now. It has been a couple months since I since I've hit up an event locally, so that might have changed. 
So I honestly, I have not been burned by this card. And the one time, the last time I did see this card hit the table, uh, it was a uh, it was a Inhumans player trying to run the. Uh, I think it was like was it Inhumans? Yeah, it was Inhumans running uh, a Ronin. Uh, Ronan eyes on the prize play, and I mean, my Bucky just lit Ronan up on on round one and called it a day. So yeah, I mean, I've had nothing but positive outcomes for me against this <laughs> card. So yeah, I, I don't have a lot I can really add to this one. Well, it's one that I've definitely seen the popularity around it and the conversation around it go up. However, I personally don't think it's a card that should be restricted. It gives you a powerful turn one play with a character like Beta Ray Bill or to to your point, like a Ronin with the power gem. But but that's kind of, they're not exactly the same thing because then Ronin becomes a five threat and, and this and that. But just using Beta Ray Bill as an example. So it's an opportunity cost of, all right, previously it was only five threat characters it could make the midline and then subsequently move to safety and grab a hammer, a scroll, a disturbance, a whatever. It was that's how previously things were. And now along comes Beta Ray Bill. He's a four threat. He's he's a pretty good four threat. He's really efficient. And he gets this this two power off the rip. So now moving up to that midline, moving back to safety with him is great. However, I think the the balance of it is that Beta Ray Bill has to be in the action to get value out of his four threat. And at least in my experience. And you want to be able to get that throw off. If you are grabbing hammers, you want to be able to use those attacks as much as possible. And if you're grabbing and running while you are, are taking a point lead potentially on that opening turn, there's still a whole game left to play. It's not the same as it was with those days of just running away. You know right. what I mean? And so I've, I've just, I've heard the, the discussion around eyes on the prize and I can see them potentially restricting it, but I hope that they don't because I don't think again, and to your point earlier, when you look at the rest of the cards on the restricted list, it, it does not meet those same qualifications, in my opinion. Right. And like even even just to go off the example you've you've mentioned, you came up with two characters that commonly use the eyes and the prize play. How many more are there? Like if, if there's only a handful of them, is the card really truly a problem or is it just this is a particularly good combination card and character, right? Right. And, and that's where I'm at with it is I, I think that it's just a, a matter of the combination of four threat character, beta Ray bill and eyes on the prize is good, but it is very much not over the line in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I think I'm, I think I'm right there with you uh, on that one. Yeah. But uh, so you asked me if there was any more cards that I would like to see change. And I think we've had this conversation before, and I know I've had in the discard. I would like to see Brace come off the restricted list. Oh, man. I, I mean, look, that would make my life easier. I know you like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 
so what's the argument for taking it off? Because I, I personally think the argument for it being on there is that literally it would be played in every list. But let, let's be honest, it already makes a lot of lists as it is. Yeah. Now, my so my argument for it coming off the list, early on, throws were a lot more rare, especially large throws. So being able to shut down that large throw even just once for the game made a huge impact. Mm -hmm. We have entered into a world where large size throws and even unrestricted throws have become a lot more common. I mean, just uh, we have Immortal Hulk who can potentially throw three times oh, in, yeah. in one turn, right? Oh, yeah, we have Beta great. Ray Bill who has his throw, who has his hurl. We have uh, Juggernaut who has the um, uh, his his card and then his throw on his injured side. Malkith with the the ferocity throw. So we're we're getting a lot more we're getting a lot more throws in the game. And I think what's happened is th throws have always been powerful, but now because brace is a restricted card, we now have to make a lot more tough decisions in regards to our the ability to defend against said throws. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hit a point where the card isn't so much restricted because it's powerful i I'm, I'm having a hard time articulating this one but i i just kind of feel like with the sheer amount of throws that are out there blocking one big throw is not the big deal that it used to be i, I think you're making a right? point yeah yeah I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down and like my my heart says yeah yeah bring it off the restricted list but i think that it it's one of those things where if it it would take a part of the game away, maybe maybe this is the wrong way to look at it, but where you have your two restricted cards, and like now you're bringing in brace for impact, so you're you're already diluting the other cards you're gonna bring to a match, and then not to mention taking brace off means that Senior Thanos now has a brace for impact, and. While you're not wrong in that the frequency of throws, the, the commonality of throws, I, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but, but th there are throws everywhere now, but there's still certain characters that, like, you need that throw. You know what I mean? Like, if you shut down a Beta Ray Bill and his three-power throw, well, that's a, that's a pretty good thing that you've done in in that moment right and if that's the only character that has an impactful throw on a team well then you're you're kind of maybe and this is all all like a weird you know speculation web here it's like if you take that off the restricted list well then you get into the argument of does every team need multiple throws to kind of break those barriers right and so I would love to see it come off the restricted list because I throws are are the bane of my existence. But at the same time, I don't want to see Senior Thanos getting braced for impact. You know what I mean? And I definitely hear you. But again, I'll go back to the discussion we just had on uh, Eyes and the Prize. If it's just one character that really concerns you about the loss of a card, is it really that much of a problem? Like, do you think do you think brace becoming unrestricted? puts senior thanos and uh back into like top of the top of the heap the biggest boogeyman of the game i mean i i don't think it puts him in the biggest boogeyman of the game kind of kind of area 
but I certainly think that it uh, tunes him up a little bit. And then, you know, you look at our 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 big bad kitty dad, you know, male Keith over there, um, giving him access to Brace for Impact and taking away something like, you know, so he'd have maybe Follow Me and Patch Up and Brace for Impact. I mean, those are three effects that really, really cost some resources for the opponent to break those lines, to break through. You know what I mean? So while, again, I, I, my heart says, let's try it. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where I think that you've kind of, we're in this like really nice middle ground with where it is right now that if you take it away, it just becomes, I mean, ridiculously ubiquitous. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting interesting topic, but it's one where I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. That's fine. And I'll just leave it with one more point that I want to I want to make as far as the cards go. We've also seen an uptick in incredibly powerful individual character cards. Oh yeah. Right? So, by removing Brace off the restricted list, it puts a very another very high value card back into the common pool which all of a sudden people now have to make hard decisions. Are they going to bring Brace or are they going to bring, you know, Midnight Phantasmagoria? Are they yeah. going to bring uh, Gamma Drain? Are they going to bring, um, you know, in, insert other powerful character-specific card this is in, into this equation, right? Raw yeah. Control, for instance, with yeah. uh, with Ulic. Um, so it, it creates more points uh, where, they, where the player has to actively think, is it more important for me to block one one collision or, you know, do I bring this other powerful card that I'm going to get some use out of? Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're, so. you're definitely not wrong there. And, uh, yeah, my, again, my my personal stance is, yeah, it's, it's more valuable to block that collision because, you know, that one collision that you block could mean the difference. <laughs> so and that's fair and 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 that's why this discussion is even being had right yeah, exactly. and that's why it's just it's not just a blanket no it it comes off it's just you know that this is this is the case for it yeah you know and yep. what people do with it you know they'll do with it so i've got two more that i want to talk about here and it's funny i did not expect this entire episode to more or less be banned and restricted tactics card change stuff but i'm glad we went down this road so <laughs> it's a good rabbit hole it is. It is. It's Sh great. Sh Sh Shelsey's right there in there with us, right? You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And what's what's fun about this discussion, Leland, and I'm just going to for a second say this, is I don't feel like we're we're just like nagging. I, I would use the B word, but I don't want to say the B word because I know some people listen with their kids <laughs> around. But like we're not we're not just, you know, nagging for, for about things. I think we're having constructive conversations here and and ways to look at the game and stuff. Now, I, I don't think this conversation is going to do much for new players, but. I, you know, that is what it is, but I think that this is a, a good conversation. I agree. So, yeah, the next two, I've, I've got two of them. We'll start with the first one here. No matter the cost is one I could see as a candidate for the restricted list. And it, this goes back to your point of, well, it's only maybe one or two characters that really get a benefit from it. But actually, I think it's quite a few characters that are getting some pretty powerful benefits for it. So, for instance, Immortal Hulk gets a nice benefit from this because he can suffer two damage and then immediately use Gamma Burst, turn one 
on a character that's real close to the midline there, and then they don't gain power for it, and he automatically gets to throw them short any direction. So, yes, that's one character, that's one instance, but, I mean, you don't play X-23 without no matter the cost, am I right? I I do think you're you're raising a very valid point with this one. I think this is one that deserves to be in the conversation, but I also think it's borderline, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. I don't think it's necessarily the most crazy thing, but when 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 you factor in this one with the next one I'm going to talk about is where it's like I think one or both needs some changes. So, but I mean, do you have an opinion on no matter the cost overall? I I actually love the card. I I personally feel that no matter the cost is criminally ignored by a lot of people. Uh, I think it turns on a lot of really neat, fun interactions with the game. Uh, but I can definitely see the argument for uh, for abuse in some of the bigger the bigger characters. Um, I mean, especially if you have a very cheap and effective way to to get that stamina back mm-hmm. on it, or you have an attack that really is, you know, game changing when you're able to get it off. And uh, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see an argument for no matter the cost being considered for it. I just, I don't know if it's quite there because I mean, suffering up to three damage to pay for it is kind of a big cost for it. It is. It, so that's yeah. the thing. It's a big cost for most models in the maybe, game maybe let, let, let's be fun let, let's toss a stagger on there as well <laughs> <laughs> something or a stun maybe like i don't even think you need well, to take an action away from someone with a stagger but just a stun would be awesome because or, or maybe not even a stun because of what i'm going to say next but like some kind of uh, of negative other than the damage because Here's and stun would probably be a terrible idea because Immortal Hulk doesn't care, Logan doesn't care, and you know that's I think the the biggest problem with this card overall is you have an entire affiliation of characters with healing factor that just do not care. Oh yeah, yeah. Like this card is whenever I play Weapon X, this card is stapled to the Weapon X roster. Right, right, and it just always makes the roster. And that leads me into the perfect segue to my next card that I think either needs a restriction on on the restricted list or there needs to be some wording change, and that is exceptional healing. Because this, this is the spicy one. I think this might be my most spicy take, but... I know uh, uh, the half-ass ninja out there, Will, is l- is listening to me and being like, no way! That's ridiculous! Uh, I don't know if he would be saying it exactly like that, but I'm sure he would hate this take. But exceptional healing, yes, it's it's one time, and it's, and it's no different than Odin's blessing, right? Like, in a vacuum. It's no different than Odin's blessing. So if you restrict exceptional healing, do you then restrict Odin's blessing? Well... The difference is Odin's blessing is restricted to Asgard. And you know, exceptional healing is not restricted to an affiliation. So I don't necessarily want to just put it on the restricted list. I want to make it Weapon X only. That way, if you're splashing a Logan, splashing a Laura, 
whatever, they don't have that layer of protection because that it, it becomes a cost thing, right? Like Laura saying, okay, cool. I'm at the midline. I suffered my two damage for my no matter the cost. I just wrecked whoever's sitting here. Oh, and I gained all this power because I got to attack twice or maybe even got to do a frenzy after after my attack. So I'm sitting there with less power. Oh, and by the way, I have enough power where unless you one-shot me, I'm only going to take one damage from this and you just wasted an entire action to do one damage. So it, it's, it's a weird one and it's a spicy one, I know, but I just think exceptional healing, it, it needs to at least be Weapon X only. Or, or Leland, what do you think of this? Maybe Weapon X and X-Men. You could give it like the dual affiliation tactics card. It'd be the first thing in the game that does that and it could be like set a precedent, which I think would be really cool. So I, I think it's, it's an interesting discussion. I, however, I think you get a little bit of collateral damage uh, with that one because there are some uh, characters with healing factor that don't exist under the X-Men or Weapon X banner as well. You're so exactly I mean, right. you have your you have your lizard, you have your um, uh, what, what's his what's his Strucker. name? He's one of the the Baron Struckers. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, so you you do take a potentially solid strong card that they have access to, uh, and you've you've now gated away into affiliations that they may or may not ever actually see play in, right? Right. And uh, and I have a a counterpoint for for Lizard and Baron Strucker, for the argument of, like, well, they have this, so why would you do it? So, Lizard, I in my experience, I, I don't play exceptional healing with Lizard because he's tanky enough to generally not need it for physical defense, the damage reduction, all of that. He generally doesn't need a healing factor, and in the affiliations that you're playing him in, you typically don't have room for a card like that and you don't get enough value out of lizard to worry about keeping him alive typically now that's that's my play experience and from seeing others discuss it and stuff like that so that's my argument for why it doesn't super matter for lizard baron strucker on the other hand it is an important card for keeping him alive because he is a little bit squishy and the the thing is, is, you know, he has to play a little bit closer with his Plasma Blast, his Death Spore Virus within range 3, all of that stuff. But giving him access to exceptional healing, again, it's the same thing as kind of like the Laura effect of one of the most powerful things you can do in the game is go after someone's leader. Well, Baron Strucker is, if with exceptional healing, is so hard to actually get rid of. And if you play him well... He doesn't, you know, he can play at that range three, be be a menace within the the range band that he's most effective and all that stuff. And he's got that four physical defense. And he's got the arrogance. So he's able to to potentially add the skulls in his defense role to to his stuff. Or I'm sorry, it's it's when he's attacking. But either way, I, it's it's one of those things where strategic genius, that's what I'm thinking of, is is his his reroll bubble and it's really it's important for a character like Strucker but it takes him over that three threat edge I feel like at times that he operates at and it's the same thing with with Laura with Honey Badger with Logan 
Sabretooth, any of the Sabretooths, you know, it's it's just it's that little, little edge that it gives them that it puts them, especially when you splash them over over that line. You know what I mean? I, I do I do follow what you're saying and I, I do think you're you are making a compelling case for because I mean a lot of the time you see exceptional healing stapled to Logan Laura and and uh, Sabretooth um, yeah more I mean I, I don't not. so it, it might it might actually just end up being a lateral move to to restrict it to like a weapon X X-Men uh, and I would say Brotherhood as well because Sabretooth does exist in that in, in that uh, house as well um, yeah yeah. Yeah. So I, I I do I do see what you're what you're going at there. Uh, it probably would be more of a lateral move than anything else. Yeah. And and the thing is, for me, it's like if you were to restrict exceptional healing, I I feel weird about Odin's blessing existing. You know what I mean? Like because the difference is the affiliation and the healing factor wording. Like, and I think that the intent when they made this card was to say, okay, well, healing factor functions like an affiliation lock but because of the way healing factor naturally works it's different you know what i mean it, it is a very it's a very different thing than being odin's blessing you know four can heal a character once per round with his leadership for i think it's one power so right it's not even close to the same thing in my opinion and while i personally could see exceptional healing being restricted and Odin's blessing not, I think you would have people throwing up the bat signal of like, what the hell, you know? All right. I got a spicy suggestion here. And I, I already know that this is going to get Merzane to kind of give me the side eye when I say <laughs> this one and make one simple change to how exceptional healing works. Uh, and just cha basically change the trigger. So instead of having to trigger when, when damaged by an enemy effect, have it put when targeted by an oh. enemy effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you you have to make the call before the dice are rolled. Now now that I'm on board with. It it becomes a little bit less guaranteed. And it means that, okay, if your game plan requires Laura to stay standing this round, well, guess what? You need to you need to decide now if that's gonna if that's what's happening. You don't get the opportunity to look at the dice first to see if maybe you spike or they they fail to spike type thing. So just put put a little bit more opportunity cost on uh, on that particular card. Perhaps. Oh yeah. Oh, so. the, like yeah, yeah. You <laughs> now now that is a change that would be so spicy. I love it so much. I don't. It's <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, did you have any other cards you wanted to talk about? I, you know what, I, I've been looking through a bunch of the cards. My big thing is that there's a couple of cards that have been rotated out that I'd, I would love to see come back. Uh, I mean, why Web Barrier is still rotated <laughs> out, I haven't the foggiest, especially when uh, when Shield has, what is it, Defensive Prototypes, I think it is, which is effectively it's the, the same, same card. Yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, yeah, which you know, makes makes no sense. Um, there's like there's a couple other ones out there that I'd like to see come back. I was always a big fan of Blind Obsession. I I always had a lot of fun with that one. Um, yeah. Oh my god. I don't know. Though. I don't know if it should come back. I'm just saying I had fun with it. Right. Yeah. 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 No, but, I, I'm with uh, you. I think 
Blind Obsession was a very fun card, but yeah, I would not want to play in a world where Malekith got to use Blind Obsession. Now, how how's this for for a spicy for a spicy one? But uh, what what do you think about seeing red coming back? Seeing red, ba- basically, I mean, yeah, basically giving uh, anyone a potential got your back moment. Yeah, I mean, look, I think seeing red was again, it's one of those fun cards, and being able to say, okay, cool, you you kept your friends close, and now they're within two, and as long as it's not a beam or something, and you're not taking extra damage there. I mean, it's 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 kind of a fun thing, but I think that the range. The range with with which a lot of these characters are operating these days, and because seeing red, you had to pay three power to play the card, but then it it did not have a a attack cost restriction. Like if it was may make a free attack, sure, bring it back, because then you're inherently potentially limiting the damage. But the fact that like you can pay three power and then Beta Ray Bill can pay another two power to then get a six dice Stormbreaker off or um, summon the storm. I mean, whew. oh yeah, no, I they, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. The little caveat of make a free attack would uh, would be a perfect way to bring Scene Red come back in. Um, but could could you imagine just the shenanigans that Shield could pull at that point? No, and I don't want to imagine ta- that. You take out the Shield agents, and now you got you know Bucky. Hoff doing got your back you know maybe you splashed uh cosmic ghost rider getting uh getting his got your back in there as well and now all of a sudden just for giggles fury has three power so he's gonna go up there and do a fury special as well yeah yeah no i'm good i'm good (laughs) (laughs) it's it's an incredibly expensive wakanda forever but (laughs) yeah yeah oh man that would be that'd be a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) i i i love it i'd be living for it but yeah it's there'd be yeah, it's obviously one of those cards that I think some wording would have to change on it. But I think opening up that sort of play to everyone else uh, could potentially be good. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, it also does mean that, you know, you might be staring down a Malkith or a Hulk on it at the same time. But yeah, you know, yeah. Su- such is life at times. Such is life at times. Well, I want to finish off Brian Freddy's question. He says, uh, what do you want to see get changed, if any, at all? We've already addressed that today. And then he was also adding on here, says, do we think we will see a slew of updated character cards? We've already had that discussion. Leland, you and I specifically had that discussion a couple episodes back. So go check that out. Um, Landon has a question here. And I want to say, Landon, I will get to your question at another another time because it's one that I feel like we could do an entire episode about. Uh, so so that's that's something for another time. So just... I'm going to bury that lead just a little bit because it's a question that I really like. But um, That's a good one, yeah. Yeah. So, Leland, I think I think we've kind of got all we're going to get today out of out of this topic for now. And this is one of those those episodes where I feel weird because I like to try to have something for newer players in every episode that we can, like some kind of way to to drive the conversation around you know, someone that's just picking up this game can hop in. This is the first episode they listen to and and get some fun out of it. And while I don't think we necessarily accomplished that goal with this episode, I think that we had a really good discussion overall. And it's it's something like I want to do another episode coming up soon about newer players and stuff like that. I know I did one not that long ago, but I've recently had some experience um, 
with demoing a new player a few times at, who ended up uh, coming to a local game day we had. They The game shop did a raffle for a box, and they did the Web Warriors affiliated box. I promise I had nothing to do with making him get the Web Warriors affiliated box, even though during his demo I said, here, why don't you play Web Warriors? So, you know, I did that. <laughs> Uh, but he ended up getting the Web Warriors affiliation box and then Squirrel Girl and Gwenpool. And so just getting into the game and then another friend that hadn't played in almost two years getting back into the game and I ran a demo for both of them. And it was a really fun experience running that demo and getting to do that with people. And it's one of those things where if you're an experienced player and you have an opportunity to demo the game for someone, whether you're demoing it by playing against them or you're demoing to other players, like you're kind of guiding to other players playing. It, it's an experience that is really nice and it really kind of just warms my heart a little bit with this game when I do that kind of stuff. So. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's all part of the community build. And I, I do that quite a bit locally as well. And it's just, it's, it's always great when you see everything kind of click with them and you see that they're enjoying the game and you know, you've potentially brought another person into the community. It's always fantastic. Exactly. I, and that's, so. and that's just it. And, uh, it's yeah, just, it's just a good time. And, um, also, uh, Leland, I do have a bit of an announcement here. So we're going to be starting up another house party protocol league. So the league will start on July the 10th. So this podcast is going to go live on June 29th. So you'll have a little over a week to get signed up. And then actually we'll probably start it on the 9th. That way it's like Sunday, Sunday to Sunday kind of thing. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. But either way, the 9th through the 10th is when it's going to start of July. And it's going to run for four weeks. That way it'll end um, kind of about two weeks before NashCon happens. So the idea with this league, no special stuff this time. It's just for fun. We're, we're, we're having a fun league. But also for me, I'm using it as an opportunity to prep for my NashCon list. And I know we've there's a bunch of other people in the Discord that are, are kind of doing the same thing. But I want to use this opportunity to say, this isn't just going to be restricted to the Discord. But I, I want to try to manage how people get into this. I also want to say that we're going to be using Nerd Herder instead of Longshanks for this. And, and someone out there listening might be like, well, why are you doing that? You know, it does, what's, what, is, what is Nerd Herder? I've never even heard of that. There will be a link in the description. And it's something I, I met the guys that run this website at Adepticon. And it's one of those tournament software things. But the reason why we're using that is I just want to try something different, honestly. And I also feel like it's an opportunity to give feedback to another thing in the community, which is why I want to use this particular tournament software over Longshanks. And also, if it, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but we can give them good quality feedback on it. And then additionally, when we're using... Uh, nerd herder there's no ratings so we don't have to worry about like ranked versus unranked and all that stuff which this would be an unranked thing as it was but still it's, it's just trying something different you know what i mean 
that was good. It's always great to sort of branch out and experience some new things. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in being a part of the House Party Protocol TTS League, you can, um, the, the easiest and best way, honestly, is to be a part of the Discord. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. And I know that I sound like a freaking shill when I say that because the only way to get access to the Discord is through the Patreon program. So it's it's as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year. You can come and hang out in the best community on the internet. I love it. It's absolutely great. And then again, you get easy access to all the league stuff. Whereas if you're not a part of that Discord community, you have to kind of follow through social media and stuff like that, which is doable. It's just very doable. But I just, I, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to lock it behind only Discord stuff. So at least this time, because it's it's just, this is meant to be, get get your dojo in. You know what I mean? That's the way I look at it. It's play some games, have some fun, and 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 work on what you need to work on, and and just have a good community kind of thing. So so that's why we're doing it this way. And Nerd Herder has a thing where you can enter in your Discord name whenever you go to sign up. So make sure that when you create a Nerd Herder account for if you're going to be joining this HPP League, that you put your Discord name in there. That way we have an easy way to contact you and stuff like that. And and if you choose to sit out because we're using Nerd Herder, that's also fine. It, I just, again, it's it's just try something different. And I just want people to have a good time. Play some games, roll some dice, try some new stuff. And, and that's what we're here for with it. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think I have any other announcements, Leland, other than hopefully we'll get new merch soon. Uh, up on the site, I'm, I'm working on getting that done. It's taken a little longer than I thought. Obviously, I've been saying it for six months now, but for real, actually, like getting in the process has been a busy time, Leland. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. And, and something like that takes time, anyways, right? Yes. Yes, it does. But uh, where can people find you? So people can find me uh, through uh, YouTube, Discord, Facebook, uh, Aegis Brand Studios. Uh, just try to get the, that MCP out every every week, trying to dabble a little bit with Shatterpoint. Uh, but generally speaking, I'm always lurking around the House Party Discord as well. Uh, it is just, uh, you know, good times there. Everything everything Will says about it is completely factually correct and true. And it is a good time. And you should come, come out and uh, hang out with us. Yeah, yeah, I... Uh... I, I certainly love it. I appreciate that, Leland. And um, yeah, make sure to check out battlekiwi.com and use the code PARTYKIWI and you can get 10% off your first order with them. Uh, shout out to those guys. They're really awesome over there. And um, we might be getting some other little you know, sponsorship discount stuff going here soon. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah. I think that's all we've got for today, Leland, and uh, I really appreciate you being on with me and uh, taking the time and coming coming to us from your vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The, I, the things I do to, to help you out, man. <laughs> I know. You know, it's just, I, I owe you one big time. If ever I come to Toronto, we're filming a video. Oh, you better believe it. I'd, I'd hijack you if you were within driving distance. Oh, yeah. That's, that's definitely happening. So, uh, yeah. With that, party on, Leland. Party on, Will and power down suits.
The House Party Protocols Patreon-only Discord is a wonderful place where you will make several like-minded friends. Hi, I'm Ron Wick. If you don't like House Party Protocols, then fuck you. For as little as $1 a month, you'll gain access to an exclusive Discord where you'll be able to talk sh with the best people on the internet. Hey there, this is Brian Freddy, and I'm part of the House Party Protocol Discord because Black Bolt keeps me safest while I'm there, and I get to speak on his behalf. $12 a year. That's all it costs to gain access to Mersane's dungeon and his love for Omega Red. My name is Schultzy, and I love the House Party Protocol Discord almost as much as I love fluffy bunnies. Hi, my name's Half-Ass Ninja, also known as Will, and if I go more than four seconds without mentioning Weapon X, I might die. Other Patreon benefits include Bunny Picks, a Patreon-only online TTS league, and the ability to ask Will and his guests questions. This is Cthulhu Taco, and I'm here to talk MCP and eat waffles. I'm all out of waffles. Coming soon to House Party Protocol, Shatterpoint. Be on the ground floor of this uh, groundbreaking content. This is Negaldar, a House Party Protocol listener, and I'm only in the HPP Discord to tell Will when he gets something wrong. Why should you join the House Party Protocol Patreon? Because you don't want to be a little bitch like Graham.